Welcome to Moving Forward. I'm your host, Lynn Swanner. On this podcast, I'll interview forward-thinking Christian school leaders and educators on best practice, innovative approaches, and new opportunities in Christian education. Today, my guest is Kara Dixon, who has worked in the mental health field for over 10 years. She currently serves as the program director for Mainline Day LLC in suburban Philadelphia. She's a clinician, consultant, and also CEO of C.J. Dixon & Associates. She's credentialed as a licensed professional counselor, or LPC, in Pennsylvania, as well as a national certified counselor. Kara spent the last several years designing counseling programs in Christian schools, drawing on her background in evidence-based practice and research. She's also led trainings for staff on stress management and academic settings, as well as crisis management. Kara, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about your background working in Christian schools. I have worked in two Christian schools. Um, One was a K to 12, and the other was a 7th to 12th grade boarding and day school. Those sound like two completely different settings, but I'm guessing that you found some commonalities between them in terms of student needs. Can you describe some of those common needs that you found? Um, Definitely commonality between you know, the needs that were presented. Uh, Different ages present needs differently. Younger years, you'll see a lot more of the behavior and acting out. And as kids get older, it manifests itself in symptoms, anxiety, maybe depression, um, suicidal ideation, self-harm, eating disorders, ways of managing needs that are maladaptive to their growth. Kara, what were some of the challenges that schools faced in meeting those needs? So um, some of the challenges that I noted was as either it was an overreactive response to the need and multiple members of the school were called in for long periods of time to address the need. Um, So it could take up, you know, an entire day of a lot of key Um, school administrators trying to figure out what was going on. So it it kind of presented this lack of education or understanding about mental health. So it was kind of figuring it out on the fly. And again, like I said, just kind of a lot of time and a lot of effort put in. So, and not a lot of order, policy, procedure, or connection to outside support it was being figured out in that moment, which for the student and the families in already a chaotic, uncertain situation created uncertainty, stress, as the faculty was also trying to figure out what to do with the need. Actually, I was at my daughter's, she's six years old, I was at her soccer game. And this, I'm using this as a, as a metaphor. If anybody's been to a, a six-year-old soccer game, where there's, there's the ball and there's like both teams and everybody is kind of hovering around one ball. And as you're watching this game, you're thinking spreading out the team or giving the players their role and having them understand, you know, your offense, your defense, this is what it looks like to take this ball and to pass it around to the right players with the right role to get it into the one goal. That kind of metaphor comes to mind when I think of mental health in in this setting when there's a, a response. This is what I was starting to notice is that 
this lack of knowing the roles or having um, an understanding of what the goal is uh, left a lot of people kind of clustered together, hovering over one ball, the ball just kind of bouncing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so part of being able to strategically approach the game and give roles for how to get that ball into um, the goal and what the goal is, which is, you know, how that student can best be supported and best thrive. And especially with the challenge of a school administrator who has 300, 600 plus students, all with individual needs, it's spending a lot of time and and effort on on one ball and kind of clustering around um, made it uh, not as, as efficient as it could be in managing that need. But then, Lynn, I also saw the opposite in my experience where... The needs were present, but not kind of kind of ignored, or the focus was put on in different areas, um, and the needs just continued to grow and express themselves, and um, until it hit the point of crisis, at that point was was you know beyond you know it's sometimes beyond the ability to control. So the need was was there, but not noticed. So you saw these two extremes. You saw either a very uncoordinated focusing of everyone's energy in that moment when all the administrators, staff, and teachers were were very focused on the need at hand. Or at the other extreme, you saw sort of an ignoring of mental health needs almost till they became a crisis. Mm -hmm. And both of those approaches actually reinforce symptoms of mental health and escalate the needs? Well, let me ask a big picture question that I think probably people who work in Christian education have wondered at one time or another, which is, do you think that caring for students' mental health needs is in line with the Christian school's mission? Is this something that a Christian school ought to be doing? Mm -hmm. A Christian school is, is there to support the entire student and the growth and development of that student and how God has entrusted the school to care for them in all the different parts that they are. And I see the school's role is not to be the treatment place for the mental health, but rather to, when the needs come up, to best support them in getting the right appropriate places so that individual could grow and thrive. So if you think about it missionally, if there was a physical need that presented, um, a student uh, broke their leg, the school would recognize the need. They would get the student to a safe space, get them to treatment where they could have the leg begin to physically rehabilitate and then create lower expectations that the student's not going to go run a mile. They're going to come back and slowly incorporate back into the environment. And though mental health is not as visible, although behaviors can be visible, it works a lot the same way. If a student is, you know, needs are not met, 
they are going to express themselves and give us signs that those needs are met. And though they're internal, it works a lot the same way. They, they need to be in a safe space to have the need understood and connected to the supports to start to rehabilitate and to learn more functional growth, adaptive ways to get that need met and ultimately continue to, to thrive and reach their potential. Now, the Christian schools that you worked at, I'm assuming they didn't have the resources to fully staff a counseling center. You know, I think we'd expect to see something like that more at a Christian college or university, but obviously those student needs still existed in the two settings that you worked in. And um, I think they exist at many, if not all, Christian schools. And you, Carrie, you wrote a blog post over at the ACSI blog talking about some concrete steps that really any Christian school at any level of resources could take to address their students' mental health needs. Can you share those steps with us? Because I imagine our listeners are thinking that they don't have the kind of resources they'd like to have, but you do have some suggestions for them for good concrete steps to try. I do recognize that not every school has the resources to create counseling centers and the funding for that. Um, And that's why just kind of scaling back to the ability to acknowledge and recognize the need early. And so part of that is creating education and training so that your faculty or the kind of first responders understand what it is that's coming, what need is being expressed, and how to best sort of support streamlining that in a direction to getting that support, which can exist outside of the school. Um, So the school, like I said, doesn't need to be the place where the treatment is. But when you recognize the need and have steps to take to intervene early to get that need supported, equipping the community to learn how to to manage those needs was was my first step. So um, being able to be educated and understand what are signs of distress, um, what does it look like uh, when a, you know, when a person is any, you know, any level is kind of whether it's behavioral, they're showing some cognitions that are not functional for them or emotional response is beyond what they are able to manage, how to kind of recognize that and get them to a place where that can be supported so it doesn't continue to grow into maladaptive behaviors. So after the first step of positioning the school and its staff to be able to intervene early uh, when mental health needs come up, what's the next step? So the other step that I had put was implementing a system for recognizing that and assessing it and then supporting it. Basically, if we think about that soccer field again, being able to create a system is being able to identify some of the players and the roles that they're going to have in taking each individual need. So those players that are playing those roles need to be educated on what certain symptoms look like and what are the appropriate supports outside of the school that they need to be connected to and have some questions of assessment that are able to figure out, okay, here's a need I notice at what point or what level is this um, need at? Is it at a crisis? Is it at a point where it's developing into a pattern, but not quite a crisis? 
or is this just the first time this is happening and, and it's kind of like a preventative that we get some support in place. So recognizing and then having an assessment, each of those things, it would be important to have a mental health professional guiding what that looks like um, and training staff in what's appropriate for a school to be able to ask and assess and how to recognize. And then what different therapies, supports outside of the school would be important to connect to to support that mental health need? So I know you developed some tools to help with this particular step in your work with schools. What were those? A key part of a system is we need to have the need streamlined in a direction. And the way I did that at the schools was I created a referral form So students, staff, and parents, if they recognized, you know, something coming up could fill out a very simple form just stating the name. I put on it the intensity, the frequency, and the duration of what was being noted. So for example, I've noticed this behavior in class, this, you know, shouting out behavior. This has only happened in one class um, and it was intense. That gives a little bit of data to, to start the process of figuring out what else is part of the picture and create a more full story once I call that student in and, and ask a few more questions. So the big piece that I would say is being able to have for some of the this early process of recognizing the needs and an assessment, being able to have a referral form that goes to one individual that's the point person for student support. And then the other piece is being able to have well-developed, you know, so I'm talking about kind of the, the everyday kind of behavioral or emotional or mental health things that, that might crop up. But then there's a whole other bracket of crisis and being able to have, you know, a well thought through strategy with roles that are very well understood. If a crisis comes up to be able to kind of jump into your positions and move this individual to immediate care. Yeah, that's not something you want to develop on the fly. That's something you want to have in place well in advance and maybe even train for. Exactly. Yes. When crisis comes about, there's the feeling, I've heard this described as to the individual, it feels like the the rug got pulled out right from under them. So to have the responders also feeling unequipped and and uncertain about how to handle the situation can be very challenging and heightened and already chaotic situation. So once the situation, and let's say it's a crisis, uh, has been handled, how do you go about ensuring that there's follow-up? So how do you know that the school community or everyone who interacts with a student, maybe it's their, their teacher or um, maybe it's a coach or a, a, a specialist teacher, how do you ensure that they really know what needs to be done to support the student? Mm-hmm. That's an excellent question. So that kind of goes back to the idea of a, of a system that supports. So it's not just recognizing and streamlining them to the support, but there is also an important function of how to then kind of reincorporate when the support's in place, how to reincorporate them back into the community at large and how to inform the teachers and the administrators to be able to reinforce the interventions that they've learned through the outside support and how to create accommodations that would best serve the need. And so a lot of the way I did that was um, I had different plans that I created and those, again, 
I am a mental health professional. So I had the background on how to do that. And then uh, was able to create those forms to then give to teachers and inform them. It also created a great documentation to have in the student file of how we handled the situation. So if you don't have mental health professional on your staff, being able to have access to um, somebody to inform those processes would be very important. So I think that actually leads probably right into your third step. So just to recap, the first was to intervene early. The second step is to implement a system to recognize, assess, and support those needs. And tell us a little bit about the third step. Mm -hmm. The third step is to develop relationships with mental health professionals. So in one of the schools I went to, I, I asked, where do we refer when the student needs come up and they are in the category of emotional, social, behavioral support? And there was, a, there was a list given to me, and I said, do you know any of these individuals or how they practice? And there's uh, very little information about who we were referring to. Um, so I started immediately contacting the individuals, learning about their approach, their style, what they treated specifically, and also built a relationship with them. And that's really important, whether it's just kind of the first phases of a need surfacing or whether it's crisis, I had their numbers and a relationship built to be able to access them immediately and get them on board to su supporting the school and the students. Great. So, of course, our Christian school educators are concerned about students' well-being, their emotional or spiritual, their physical. But understandably, you know, when I talk with a lot of leaders and teachers, they're also very concerned about the legal challenges, the liability challenges that come along with dealing with students' mental health needs. So just in your experience, what are some of the best practices for addressing those in the school setting? Mm -hmm. And that's a really important thing to note. Best practices are, again, kind of bringing it back to having a concrete path towards directing individuals to licensed mental health professionals who um, know how to begin treatment for uh, evaluation, assessment, and intervention, and really taking, getting all of those pieces of information and, and requesting them for the files to show how you're handling each individual need. And that's really important, Lynn, to talk about you know, that documentation piece, um, that's the really important thing that especially like legally and liability wise is that it's, it's you know, when the needs come up, the, a clear path to understanding how they were handled um, and managed both, you know, sending the student out and bringing them back is what we do through documentation. Having things well documented, having students being cleared and evaluated appropriately, and having those in their files to show that we got the you got the evaluation and you got it back that they were cleared to come back to the school and that this is how this is how the school needed to accommodate them coming back and and again keeping a very well charted document file for all of the the student needs that are coming up. Well, Kara, thanks so much again for joining me today. It's been great to talk about what to do when students' mental health needs come up and how to address them in Christian schools. Absolutely. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us today as well. Please be sure to check the notes on this podcast for additional resources and references related to today's conversation. Podcast notes can always be found on the ACSI blog at blog.acsi.org. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the blog again at blog.acsi.org, or you can also subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, rate or review the show and spread the word on social media. Thanks for all that you do to move Christian education forward.